In my last passage, part 1, I described the dark kingdom side of the ongoing spiritual war as it was portrayed by the Pharisees of Jesus' day. I also showed how the Pharisees of Jesus' day were strongly representative of today's worldwide Antichrist Chaldean, Synagogue of Satan Army. Antichrist forces want their own kingdom, apart from the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Their Chaldean forces carry out their war on this earth, especially through the hunting, persecution and destruction of God's creation and His sheep, Christ's servants and followers. The good news for believers is that we know that we are on the winning side of this spiritual kingdom war. Jesus Christ won the victory 2,000 years ago with His death on the cross and subsequent resurrection. With His ascension back to His throne, He did not leave His people behind. His Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and has been with His believers ever since. And in these last days, prior to Jesus returning and establishing His heavenly kingdom, I have shown in prior passages that Jesus, through His Spirit of Truth, is with us again in person to engage in this last day's war between kingdoms and will, once again, eventually claim victory. God's Spirit of Truth among us who represents Jesus Christ's kingdom to come is why Christ believers and disciples who see the darkness descending in our current day can be comforted and hopeful in the meantime. In this passage, part 2, I will address those components that Jesus introduced with His life and testimony here on earth, and are still with us today. These represent God's side of the ongoing spiritual kingdom war. These include Jesus, the light. Jesus, the divider. Jesus rejected. I will address each of these components as it applies to Jesus the Messiah, and then I will tie in its application to these last days amidst the continuing spiritual war at hand that will culminate in Jesus' final victory. In part 3, my passage to follow, I will address Jesus' lessons about servanthood and discipleship that apply in the midst of this end-time spiritual war. Jesus the Light The evil Antichrist called the Kingdom, as shown in part 1, is one that is full of darkness, lies and hypocrisy. The only way to be awake and to see and to hear in our current day is through faith in Jesus, who is light and truth. Jesus' truth is what sets His people free, John 8:32 from their captivity in an antichrist world system that captures people and then holds them in bondage. Jesus as the light during His ministry on earth. While He did not need one, Jesus had a witness in His day in order to help people in the land understand who He was, and that, all men through, His witness John, might believe, Jn 1-7, in the midst of powerful Pharisee-led deception and darkness. John the Baptist, whose coming fulfilled the prophecy about a future messenger to introduce the Messiah, Mal 3-1, we are told, was sent by God. In his work, he was to bear witness to Jesus as truth and light. In appearing along with John the Baptist, Jesus' own coming, in turn, fulfilled the words of the prophet Isaiah about the Messiah who was to come, again describing him as light in the midst of darkness. The land of Zabulon, and the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death light is sprung up. Matt 4 15-16. In His coming, Jesus fulfilled Isaiah's words when He told the Pharisees that He was sent by the Father, and could bear witness of Himself, as a result of His miraculous works done on behalf of the Father. Jesus testified of His own light as follows. I am the light of the world, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jn 8:12. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Jn 12:46. Jesus' words, just like those of Isaiah, contrasted His light with the surrounding darkness. As a result of His light shining in the darkness, His people would be able to see clearly and to hear His voice. The prophet Simeon described Jesus' light as one that would lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of His people Israel, Luke 2 32. Jesus a light for His sheep. 
In addition to his revealing light, recall Jesus saying that his sheep are the ones who can hear his voice, and in his final testimony to Pilate, he said that all those who are of the truth can hear his voice. His sheep, though persecuted, are tremendously blessed to be spiritually awakened in these last days. Some will be given an ability to see the same things that Jesus told his disciples are kept hidden from the wise and prudent, Matt 11:25. Jesus' people are also given eyes to see as a result of his light, in contrast with blinded Chaldeans described in part 1. The following scriptures speak about this. For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. JN 9:39. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Matt 13 16-17. As a result of his light, and his people's ability to see, Jesus instructs his sheep to walk in his light and to testify about him, and to preach upon the housetops. Ultimately, we are told that doing this will result in Jesus' gospel and kingdom being preached to all the nations before the end comes, Matt 24 14. However, Jesus prophetically warned about a time when darkness the night will come and that people during this time will no longer be able to walk, talk or work for Him. Upon sunset, which is coming soon, satanic antichrist powers will be given dominion over the world for a time. This will come once God in the form of His Spirit of the truth hides His face. Jesus said. Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. JN 12:35 Are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. JN 11-9-10 Jesus the light in our current end times. Of course, Jesus' spirit through the Holy Spirit has been with us since he ascended to his throne. In our current tumultuous end times, we are assured that we have the spirit of truth, who Jesus also called the comforter whom we are told will convict the world of sin, righteousness and judgment, Jan 16-8. This person could also be one and the same with the restrainer, 2 Thess 2, who we know holds back the coming tidal wave of iniquity prior to the man of lawlessness being revealed. Ultimately, this is the same Spirit of Jesus Christ who will return and finally judge and condemn the prince of this world, Jan 16-11. In prior passages, I have spoken about how God is present in these last days, and is involved in the, silent, war that is taking place versus the Antichrist Chaldean world rulers and their army that persecutes God's vineyard. Only by God's own power, and the power that He gives to His Jacob army, will He save a remnant of His vineyard with whom He will establish His kingdom after the last day's spiritual war is complete. Jesus' Light Through Last Day's Jacob While this ongoing war against the Babylonian Chaldean kingdom takes place silently an unconventional war that serves to uncover the mystery of iniquity there is an end times figure who is a disciple of Jesus and helps to convey Jesus' light in these last days. This is Jacob, who is in the forefront of the battle against the Antichrist Chaldeans, and is a primary player in an army that has raised a banner or a sign to the world as a warning about the dark, secret Chaldean kingdom. Jacob is an end times beacon of light in the midst of the darkness in our current last days time period. Similar to the light Jesus was in his day, described above, and certainly representing Jesus' light in the last days, I have described in prior passages how end times Jacob is a light to the Gentiles. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Is 49-6. And, opens eyes that are blind to the secret of lawlessness and iniquity. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, 
and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Is 42-7. It appears that Jacob may also represent a last days John the Baptist type of character who fits the role of a last days forerunner to Jesus' return. In his time, Jesus himself substantiated and endorsed John in his works, being baptized of him, and referring to him also as a lamp that burned and gave light, Jan 5:35. Meanwhile, we are told of end times Jacob in the last days that he receives instruction, knowledge and awakening directly from the Lord. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him, he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Is 42-1-2. Similarly, I have written prior about end times David, the branch, a Judah servant warrior in the Jacob army who raises the banner of truth mentioned above that reveals Chaldean iniquity as a sign for the initiation of a righteous battle against them. Again, at least somewhat similar to John the Baptist, and times David raises this last day's banner to a worldwide audience. In Isaiah 11:10, we read, The root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples, the nations will rally to him. So David is another element of light and truth for Jesus Christ in the midst of a last day's Chaldean world of darkness and lies. Jesus the Divider. As I alluded to in Part 1, the Satanic, Antichrist Chaldeans want their own kingdom, apart from any other god, especially apart from Jesus Christ who made clear that He is the only way to the Father and to heaven. The Antichrist Chaldeans push for establishing their own kingdom will become more and more evident in these last days. Jesus divided in His day and foretold of continuing division. When Jesus came, He came not in the name of peace, but rather to demonstrate truth. Once truth about Him through His miraculous works became known in the land, this served to show a clear delineation between the ruling Satanic Pharisees versus Jesus, the one true Messiah of Israel. As we saw in Part 1, this truth, along with Jesus' subsequent resurrection, was a threat to the Pharisees' power in Jesus' day and has been a threat to the world's ruling powers ever since. The propaganda machine of covering up and denying Jesus as Lord has run continuously. We have seen that, Upon the soon coming unveiling of Chaldean world rulers' iniquities, including the revealing of truth that they have conspired to hide from the public, that they will be forced to go into hiding in the last days. So, there is Jesus the truth versus everything else. And there will not be real, true peace until he returns and sets up his heavenly kingdom. Meanwhile, the ongoing spiritual kingdom war taking place on earth, especially applicable in these last days, is why Jesus remarked, I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. Luke 12:49. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth, I came not to send peace, but a sword. Matt 10:34. There are only two clear sides in the war. There is Jesus Christ, the one true God, and there is His enemy, which is the Antichrist Chaldean kingdom that He will eventually destroy. In His time on earth, Jesus further distinguished between the two sides, showing that He is the only Master who is to be loved and served above all else. This is the point at which He even said, he that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, Matt 10 37. The following words of Jesus also show that it is only him who is to be worshipped. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Luke 16 13. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Matt 12 30. Somewhat related to the latter scripture is the time when Jesus' disciples showed concern about another who was not with their group, but who was seen casting out devils, to which Jesus replied, Whoever is not against us is for us. This, in another way, shows that Jesus considers the one true enemy of his kingdom as being the satanic, antichrist Chaldeans, including the Pharisees of his day. 
Anyone who goes to battle against this evil will fit well with Jesus' side in the spiritual war. In these last days, as I have mentioned, the Antichrist Chaldeans will force the issue and a great multitude that has not escaped worldwide turmoil will be required to make a choice. This is actually part of God's plan that will ensure that the lukewarm are weeded out. I will discuss the cost of discipleship for serving Jesus in part 3, but an example of serving only Jesus and being with Jesus is the example given in Scripture of the rich young ruler. He had come to Jesus telling him that he had obeyed the law, inquiring what else he must do to obtain eternal life. Jesus said that he would have to sell everything and follow him. The rich man walked away. The kingdom war that culminates in the last days will be a self-regulating process that will force everyone to be all in, either on one side or the other. Families divided due to Jesus' name. Jesus as the true dividing line will continue to be evident in the case of the family. Jesus said that from the time of his presence on earth forward the houses and families would be divided. Jesus knew that the Antichrist Chaldean traitors would target families and cause non-believers to infiltrate by taking a secret blood oath. Fighting within families will be particularly evident in the last days once people realize the nature of the Antichrist Chaldean spy-slash-surveillance system, and particularly how they have been targeted, set up and betrayed by their own family or friends. As the clear dividing force in the spiritual war, Jesus said, For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Matt 10 35-36. For from henceforth there shall be five and one house divided, three against two, and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother. Luke 12 52-53. Because of intra-family betrayal in the last days, family members will even cause their own to be put to death for the sake of Jesus. We read as follows. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents, and cause them to be put to death. Matt 10 21. Jesus calls this period in the last days a time like that of a woman in birth pains. He describes this time as that when many will turn away from the faith and hate each other as a result of rampant lawlessness and iniquity. Jesus is still the divider in the last days. We see a clear division in these last days, especially with what we learn about the Jacob army fighting against the Antichrist Chaldeans. As you may recall, the Jacob army are a lost sheep remnant who are servant believers of Jesus battling the Chaldeans in end times Babylon. Their part in the war is one of righteousness, and of leading a battle that has righteousness as the plumb line and justice as the measuring line, is 2817. Their battle exposes the iniquities and lawlessness of the Chaldeans and serves as a light on behalf of Jesus for his lost sheep and for the Gentiles in the last days. Note in the following scriptures how God's law through Jesus remains a dividing line carried by his servants in the last days. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Mal 3-1. He shall not fail nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Is 42-4. The Jacob army raises a banner that exposes Antichrist Chaldean iniquities and lawlessness for all the nations to see. Their battle shows in our current last day time period, again, that there are only two sides to an ongoing spiritual war. The Chaldean rulers and their enslaved, brainwashed members only desire a corrupt, oppressive world kingdom that keeps themselves in power and targets and persecutes its victims. Meanwhile, end times Jacob and David and the faithful Jacob army are among those who expose the dividing line between the Chaldeans' desired kingdom and the kingdom of Christ. 
Note in the following scriptures how similar the last day's division is to the righteous division that Jesus created in his day, and is obviously reflective of Jesus' spirit that still guides those in the Jacob army. The righteous division that is demonstrated in the following scriptures refers to either end times Jacob or David. Woe is me, my mother, that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. Jer 15:10. This is Jeremiah speaking about his self, but also prophetically applicable to an end times servant in context. I the Lord have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. Is 42-6. Jesus rejected. As described herein, Jesus was slashed as the light in the darkness, and related to this, he came to divide for the sake of providing an understanding of what is true and just, thereby setting his people free. This is in direct contrast to that which is of satanic lies, oppression, persecution and bondage. Yet Jesus was rejected. Jesus rejected by nearly all in his day. Jesus was rejected in his initial coming, in person, and continues to be rejected in our end times. We are told in Scripture that when he came that, his own received him not, John 1 11-12. This included those in his own land, and even in his hometown, Nazareth. It also included his family and friends, some of whom charged that Jesus had a devil or was beside himself. Even his own disciples, once he was smitten, scattered and denied him. Judas outright betrayed him. As the stone that the builders rejected, Jesus was rejected by the powerful Pharisee elders and priests, who were his staunchest enemies. They considered him to be mad, with a devil and a blasphemer. These religious leaders ultimately arrested Jesus, who was without sin, and turned him over to be put to death under false pretense. Jesus had foretold this final outcome of his life here on earth. He told his disciples. For I say unto you, that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me, and he was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. Luke 22:37. At the time of his crucifixion Jesus was taunted, mocked, spat on, and physically beaten. He was rejected and denied as the King of the Jews. Jesus is rejected again during the last day's kingdom war on earth. As we know, the kingdom war has already been won as a result of Jesus' death and resurrection. He is the stone rejected, who has become the chief cornerstone, Luke 20:17 but the war continues here on earth before he returns and establishes his kingdom. In these last days, the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter, is still a light that is with us and the mystery of Chaldean iniquity and lawlessness is held back until he who restrains is taken out of the way. In the meantime, the Church of Jesus Christ on earth dwindles, and we see how it continues to be lukewarm at best in most cases. Apostasy is rampant in Babylon, USA, which is not even close to allowing the, practice of, true religious freedom that we perceive to be promised in our Constitution. Our Church is full of Chaldean infiltration, and thus, is highly controlled. This will be revealed. This apostasy, and a falling away from the truth is that which has been prophesied for the last day's time period. The following scriptures represent how Jesus is rejected all over again in these last days and why God will instead send a strong delusion alongside the end times man of lawlessness as he turns over non-believers to their own depraved minds. Non-believers will be left with only deceit and lies. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. 2 Thess 2 10-12 They, changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Rom 125 Jesus' last day's disciples are rejected. Are there other prophetic indicators that Jesus is being rejected in our current last days? There are many, but the last days storyline that I have been addressing on this site about the Jacob army, 
God's last days disciples, is a good proxy for the rejection of Jesus. There are quite a few parallels between the rejection of Jesus and His ministry when He was on earth, along with His disciples following after Him, and in our last days time period the persecution and rejection faced by those in the Jacob army. Consider both Jacob and the daughter of Zion, both of whom are smitten by the Antichrist Chaldeans, and then scattered along with those around them. Jacob is made desolate. The daughter of Zion is betrayed, made barren, and is deserted by her own people, just like Jesus was. As for end times Jacob, Scripture says. For they have devoured Jacob, and laid waste his dwelling place. P 79-7. For they have eaten up Jacob, and devoured him, and consumed him, and have made his habitation desolate. Jer 10 25. And, similarly, for the daughter of Zion. All thine enemies have opened their mouth against thee, they hiss and gnash the teeth, they say, we have swallowed her up, certainly this is the day that we looked for, we have found, we have seen it. Lem 2:16. Also, similar to Jesus, end times Jacob plays a role as an intercessor for his people, being persecuted for the sins and transgressions of God's vineyard, the house of Israel, Mike 1-5. God says that He has turned last days Jacob over to oppression and persecution because His people have sinned against Him, is 42:24. They have denied Jesus as their Messiah. As a result of being turned over to the Antichrist Chaldean robbers who engage in campaigns of personal destruction via slander, lies, etc., I mentioned in my prior passages that Jacob becomes, despised, abhorred by the nations, rejected, and a man of sorrows. This is a last day's rejection of a Jesus Christ disciple who suffers in many ways like Jesus did. No doubt that end times Jacob looks to Jesus as his example. The following, first, scripture below describes some of Jacob's rejection, and the second scripture describes that rejection which the daughter of Zion experiences. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair, I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Is 50-6. All who pass by clap their hands at you they hiss and shake their heads at the daughter of Jerusalem. Lem 2:15. In part 3, I will discuss Jesus' last day's servants as they will fulfill some of Jesus' prophetic words about the end times. Tilda. Jesus Christ is the only true way for souls to be saved in these last days that are filled with the spirit of Antichrist darkness and deception. We are to walk while His light is still with us. My next passage, part 3, will be related to this. Grace and Peace. Lion's Lair, LL.